Hey folks, it's uh, episode 77 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. With me is Ginny Wu. Hi. And Andrew Brown. E3! <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Uh, it is our E3 special bonanza episode. It's uh, it's going to be a really packed one as we run through all the news and announcements from uh, Nintendo's E3 Direct and some of the other conferences. Uh, and we're going to uh, get deep into Cadence of Hyrule. So uh, yeah, let's just jump into update from the previous episode. Okay, so our update is uh, related to E3. It is basically the results of our Little prediction segment from the last episode, uh, also known as Let's Point and Laugh at Ginny. I was so wrong. So, so wrong. So, first of all, we'll allow Andrew to gloat because he got three out of three. Mm-hmm. Three for three! <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. So, let's just uh, kick off with uh, Ginny last week while in my absence she, uh, she mocked my, my shout for Nia. I did. Uh, her reasoning for that was uh, that if the rich- Witcher can't run, uh, then neither can Nia. And then she opted for a first-party Sony game. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said something, but the episode was already an hour and a half long. So it, it was kind of the segment about we want it to happen, but it'll never happen. It's a very literal reading of that segment, but okay. Yeah, very, very, very literal. Uh, but what happened? Witcher 3 was announced. We'll get into that later. Uh, so yes, I think Nia will come. So <laughs> Yeah. Then you selected Persona as your sure thing. Like... What? <laughs> well, I, we... I would have thought that would be an easy guess too. Exactly. Thank you, Andrew, for supporting me during this time of need. If nothing else, because they already announced a, a Persona Maso, which was mm-hmm. a no-show. Yeah, that wasn't even in the sizzle reel. Mm. Um, I shouldn't gloat too much because I only got like 0.5 out of 3 at best. So, <laughs> uh, so well done, Andrew. Yes, for my safe boring picks <laughs> yeah we we don't have the budget for a, a, a trophy but um just you can hold up an imaginary one yeah you have our confidence that's what counts <laughs> i'm happy with my smug self-satisfaction cool so with that let's uh, get on to a, a very lengthy switch news segment Okay, so we're going to kick off by running through Nintendo's E3 Direct. Uh, just general impressions? I The stuff that I was most interested in seeing was there, but and I and I feel like Andrew is going to bring this up afterwards as well. It feels like the, the Direct was just a way to signboard other parts of the Nintendo show, as opposed to, I suppose, being like the main feature of Nintendo's E3 presentation. The direct was more like, oh, you know, we've got we've got this stuff, but if you want to learn more about it, you're gonna have to watch stuff over the next forty eight hours on a totally different show and segment to really, really understand what we're talking about. Yeah. So, so my thing was that I felt that it wasn't as good as previous directs. It, it didn't have the hypest moments, mm-hmm. but. Um, they did confirm a whole lot of release dates for stuff we already knew about, which was kind of the description going in. It did say, you know, talking about games releasing in 2019, uh, and it sort of did the job. Um, I also do think they were the best out of pretty overall disappointing E3, where most of what we saw was uh, CGI trailers rather than gameplay demos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was my thing when I was watching Microsoft's presentation. It was like, cool cutscene, bro. Got some gameplay? <laughs> some, some great movies, but uh, yeah. Show us the games. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that, that was charming. I liked that. I don't agree with rewarding the guy for, you know, interrupting their press conference. But uh, <laughs> Can someone tell me why uh, Shane from The Walking Dead had a dog? 
Like he just brought it out and it served no purpose. It's just his dog. Let him have a dog. I, I kind of <laughs> felt like that was like a uh, emotional support animal or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it was funny. The uh, Somebody working for Ubisoft was like really happy. Yeah. Punisher's on stage. Yeah. And I was like, they're, they're clapping for the dog, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do agree. It, it felt like trailer, release date, trailer, release date, and not much in the way of information. And for information, you, you really had to go to the Treehouse Live segments. So have fun watching 18 hours of Nintendo live streams to actually get the information <laughs> about this, these games. Like uh, for me, the, the thing I really wanted was Fire Emblem. And we'll get to that. But I was going to use this E3 to do really determine if I was going to get Fire Emblem or not. And then I it got to Fire Emblem in the direct and it was just a trailer of people shouting at each other. And it's like that was not helpful at all. Last year... There were the jokes that it was 20 minutes of Smash Bros. patch notes. And, well, we saw the other extreme with this one where uh, after three E3s in a row, basically, that really focused on one game and gave a lot of information, we got this one, which was just trailers, basically, <laughs> which it was a little yeah. frustrating. Um, I did like the Doug Bowser joke. It was the obvious thing. But yeah. I had I raised a smirk over that. And he is an endearingly awkward on camera as Reggie was. So that that helps. Yeah, that helps. I'm glad, I'm glad they've uh, kept that sort of pedigree going. So I look forward to some more <laughs> awkward corporate trailers from uh, surprise game announcees. Okay, so uh, with the impressions out of the way, we'll, we'll dig into the details. So we're going to run through the list of what was announced. And we're just going to talk about the stuff that sort of interested us personally uh so first up where uh, there was some uh, top tier trolling from nintendo throughout in regards to smash brothers i thought uh so they started by announcing uh, the hero from uh, dragon quest notably the luminary from dragon quest 11 because obviously you know that dragon quest 11 is coming out on switch soon uh but the alternate costumes from uh, dragon quest 3 4 and 8 uh coming 2019 i saw people a bit disappointed that we were getting another sword fighter yeah uh, but you could have had Yangus, man. Come on. I, but I, I'm, I'm pleased that uh, Square have another character represented here. And mm -hmm. uh, I love Dragon Quest Eleven, so yeah, I'm keen to check him out. I love Dragon Quest Eight, uh, so <laughs> I was happy to see that character was playable. <laughs> and hopefully uh, when Dragon Quest Eleven comes out in September, I'll, I'll come around mm. and be like, oh, I'm actually excited to play as this character now, which is kind of the experience I had with Bayonetta. So... <laughs> So yeah, um, I, yeah, I really hope you like Dragon Quest XI because I absolutely adore it. I'm sure I will. Looking at like the RPGs in the past that I've been disappointed with, I've had ill feeling going into them. Uh, I am really looking forward to Dragon Quest XI. Dragon Quest VIII is an all-time favorite. It is one of my top RPGs of all time. Dragon Quest XI can only disappoint me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope I enjoy it. I'm sure I will. And speaking of Dragon Quest XI, uh, so we finally got a release date for Dragon Quest XI-S. Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. Yeah. Typical Square title naming there. Given as an expanded storyline, you can travel to past Dragon Quest worlds. That was a, a new thing. You can increase the game speed. I missed that. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of a standard thing with their... Re-releases. Yeah, although Dragon Quest XI isn't that old, so it was surprising to see it here. That makes it easy for me to replay it. <laughs> so I, I always feel dirty using those, so I never use them. But it's nice to know it's there for people who who do need those things and you can also uh, switch between the the modern graphics and the six and 16-bit graphics which is really neat i i actually kind of, having already played it on ps4 i kind of just want to play the 16-bit version just for for laughs 
I can see what's going to happen to me with the graphics is I'm going to constantly feel like I should be using the other set. I'm never going to be satisfied that I'm getting the experience I want, and it's just going to ruin <laughs> the whole thing for me. I can already <laughs> see that happening. So basically, I'm going to have to play this 100-hour RPG twice. <laughs> Jenny, did you play this originally? A tiny little bit of it. Um, it just got it kind of got pushed into my backlog. Like I am one of those people that recognizes the legacy of Dragon Quest, but I've always sort of been more captivated by Final Fantasy because I have no taste. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, I've 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 got no taste, and I love characters with yaoi hands, so obviously I would have gone with Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> but I am looking forward to 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 playing it like with pretty much every other game that i've started and stopped um over the years the switch has sort of been the console to make me really kind of sit down and finish it when i get it's like a it's like a magical it's like it's like a placebo for my brain i buy a game on the switch and i just make myself finish it so i i expect the same thing will happen again this time um and like i've always loved the aesthetic that was really cool and i was really sold on dragon quest builders even though i was originally quite skeptical Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've enjoyed what I've got. I've enjoyed what I've played so far. Of Dragon Quest on the Switch. So I expect this to be no different. Uh, and that release date, of course, September twenty seventh. Yeah, uh, seven days after another couple of lengthy games, uh, but we'll get into that. That week is the is most gonna, intense yeah. week mm-hmm. I have ever seen for releases. Certainly on the Switch, schedule. maybe for any platform. <laughs> Link's Awakening and Nino Kuni on the same day, and then this seven days later is just. It's too much. Luckily, there's three of us. <laughs> and then those Dungeons and Dragons games, four of them are coming uh, out in that week, too. Oh there no. are like eight massive RPGs coming out in the space yeah. of a week on Switch. I talked about RPG Apocalypse back in April. <laughs> they got nothing on this. And you know what? I was dead set on getting those uh, D&D games, and now I'm just like, can't fit it in. The Sorry. time. Gone. Yeah. No one's got the yeah. time. I will prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 was next, uh, mm-hmm. so new Poltergeist functions, um, and I wasn't sure whether these were actually safe for work or for younger ears. <laughs> so we have slam, suction shot, and burst. They, they all, they all mm-hmm. sound a little rude. Ha! 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 You have no idea how long I've been waiting to say that. <laughs> I didn't want to tweet it, I wanted to save it for the podcast, so... <laughs> Uh, just to make it worse, uh, Gooigi is back. Oh no! <laughs> Classic Gooigi. What what a good guy. None of this had occurred to me before just now. <laughs> <laughs> this was a family friendly Ghostbusters game for me until now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have a mind. Uh, I feel so funky. <laughs> <laughs> so he he helps solve specialized puzzles. He's vulnerable to water and allows local multiplayer. Uh, co-op in the main story uh there's new scarescraper mode uh which is wireless or online multiplayer um and it was implied it was playable solo during the treehouse and basically you have to clear out each floor of ghosts and try and reach the top everyone plays as a differently colored luigi boo which uh (laughs) andrew puts here feels like a wasted opportunity but i mean i guess it is Luigi's mention and uh, Luigi and friends mention, I guess. Yeah, but I, I think like the chance to play as other like neglected Mario characters would be a good opportunity here, like uh, Birdo, Yoshi. Birdo, yeah, uh, <laughs> Daisy, Daisy Toad. would be an obvious one. Uh, yes, but j- just some neglected characters, some lesser appreciated characters, rather than just Peach. purple Luigi and blue Luigi and yellow Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all we know is so far that's coming out in 2019. Mm-hmm. No, no specific release date. Uh, the next one was a was a, a surprise announcement, but I was like, huh. I think I'm into it. Uh, the Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance Tactics. Either of you two fans of the Dark Crystal? Nope. <laughs> Not. I'm a fan of the puppetry in it, but the movie itself, I'm like, eh, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it since I was like really young, so I remember almost nothing about it other than the puppet aesthetic. The, the um, Skeksis I... puppets are amazing, but just the plot of the movie is just fantasy, standard fantasy stuff. <laughs> but, which, which I'm fine with, but there's a TV series coming soon. The amount of people that live thought that the Netflix, Netflix logo thought uh, meant that Netflix was coming to Switch <laughs> like that day or something was hilarious too. Okay, the next one is one of their big releases for the year, the Link's Awakening remake. Looks like they've modernized a bunch of stuff. I saw mm-hmm. some uh, text updates to, to reference Yoshi's newfound uh, popularity compared to back in the, the back in the day crane game here we've got is uh, is very different you don't have to equip the power glove to throw pots anymore that's a big upgrade over the original game and i i presume using the pegasus boots will be the same thing but it does still have the uh item equip menu where you can even take off your sword and shield if you want to which was the big innovation of link's awakening back in the day and they, they've even kept the the two action buttons, which is surprising since they have so many other buttons to work with. Yeah. But so it, it looks like it's both modernized and yet true to form of the original game. The pot throwing thing, that was basically a hardware limitation as well because of the buttons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's an interesting one. Uh, the big announcement here was one of Andrew's previous predictions ages ago sort of kind of came true. Kind of... I looked at that and I was like, Create a that's dungeon. not really what I meant. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're including a chamber dungeon, which takes the place of the camera shop. Uh, and you can basically create your own dungeon. And you, you're sort of just slotting in rooms, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. is not yeah. entirely what you wanted. But I, I think that's an interesting <laughs> addition. But how much variation can you get if you just all have access to the same rooms, you know? There's definitely going to be yeah. a finite number of possible combinations you can see out there. It's probably going to be a pretty high number, but it'll still be a finite number of possible combinations. Yeah, um, it didn't seem like it was particularly deep. Like, I don't think you can select what enemies to put in or anything like that. Everything is pre-built from what I could work out. Uh, where the door locked doors are at are pre-built. Where the chests are located are pre-built. Uh, you can't put in, like, dungeon items. There's no maps. There's no compasses. Uh, there you you do hide the boss key and you d- hide door keys, but those are pre-placed in specific rooms where locked doors are at. Pre-placed chests only contain keys, so you can't hmm. even hide like rupees or anything. Yeah, That's true. probably a good thing so people can't farm. And all the tiles that you can work with are pre-built, so you just slot them into this map. And the map they used in the Treehouse Live demonstration just looked like a heart-shaped, a heart-shaped like frame that you you match tiles into and empty slots. I'm guessing that was just for the one challenge they were demonstrating uh but and i hope that like we can work with more shapes than just a heart but just the way everything is pre-built that leave that limits how interesting it can be already anuma actually talked about this to game informer he says i always wanted to let players create their own dungeon but i didn't want it to be too hard i was like well if you don't want it to be too hard you're limiting what's possible right there and i think that's gonna be its big issue is in the fear of making it unuser friendly, they've taken away any depth it could possibly have. 
uh, th there is a list of challenges that you have to complete where you have to build a dungeon that meets certain criteria and then you beat that dungeon and then you get an item uh, in a video they showed it showed Link holding up a bottle so I guess bottles are in Link's Awakening now and there are probably other <laughs> rewards that you can get too from it but I predict I'm going to do those challenges then I'm never going to touch this mode again uh, I didn't even see it mentioned anywhere that there's even a way to share the dungeons you've created online with other people uh, so it, it really seems more like it's a puzzle mode uh, where you're you're meeting these criteria using these pre-built frames, so you have to build these rooms in certain ways to meet these criteria, and then you get your reward and you move on. It, it doesn't really seem like a, a community creation tool on the level of Mario Maker, which is what I imagined. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed, but Link's Awakening is one of my favorite Zelda games, so I'm still completely excited to play a remake of it. If not for Breath of the Wild, it's easily my favorite Zelda game. Certainly my favorite 2D mm -hmm. Zelda game by oh, far. They announced a Link's Awakening Amiibo, which will have some effects on this on this mode. I've I've pre-ordered the Amiibo because he's so cute. <laughs> he is really, really cute. I agree. Yeah, the Amiibos add plus effects in the created dungeon, in the chamber dungeon. Uh, the only one they said was the Link's Awakening Amiibo. It'll make it so that the way Shadow Link is just running amok in the <laughs> dungeon and will follow you from room to room. Apparently, every other Zelda-themed amiibo, not like Zelda-released amiibo, even the Smash Brothers uh, licensed ones will work with it. If it's a Zelda character, it will do something in the Chamber Dungeon, but they haven't revealed what. Uh, and we got a release date for that, of course, September 20th, uh, so seven days before Dragon Quest XI. Yeah. Hell week. That's hell week. I think that's the first term. <laughs> it's hell week. I think that's the first yeah. uh, week of school in, in the U.S., too. So, yeah, Nintendo is really planning ahead on this. <laughs> uh, they surprised everyone with uh, the announcement of uh, Trials of Mana, remake of uh, Seiken Densetsu 3, coming early 2020. And then they also announced one that Andrew's been after for a while, a uh, collection of mana, uh, which includes uh, Final Fantasy Adventure or Mystic Quest, depending on where you're from, uh, Secret of Mana, and Seiken Densetsu 3, which is its first official release outside of Japan, and that came out during the Direct, uh, which was a nice surprise. I haven't bought it yet. It's uh, I balked at the price. Um, I just haven't got my yeah. funds for it at the moment, and I'm kind of hoping for a physical version. They, are, they do have a physical release out. The first image I saw of it had a download required label on it, which is bizarre for uh, two Super NES games and a Game Boy game, so I, I'm really waiting, holding off to find out if that was just a mistake or what happened with that. Mm. But for $40, that's over my threshold of what I'll pay for a digital game. It's got to be physical or I won't get it. Yeah, it's 60 bucks here in AU. Um, yeah. Like, I might get them early that, just to just be able to play them and then get the physical yeah. later for the collection. Because I've, I've got the Japanese version because um, <laughs> I, I didn't think it was ever going to come. So. There are three fantastic <laughs> games. Uh, I'm perfectly happy to pay $40 for them. It's just with the with the physical option being available, I would prefer to wait for that. And but even just like Trials of Mana, as they're now calling it, I was laughing because they're they've been pretending it's always been called that. But it's like no, you just made that up in like the last couple months. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been Second and Setsu Three before now because you guys never bothered to localize this game until now. Uh, but I would happily pay forty dollars just for that game. And even looking at that remake, it does look like it's a, a a much higher quality remake than the than the remakes of Secret of Mana and Final Fantasy Adventure they put out in the past couple years. Uh, but 
I would still rather play it with the original 16-bit graphics. Yeah, fair. Um, and yeah, I, I've been wanting to play Secret of Mana for for many, many years. Just haven't slotted it in anywhere. Um, I didn't want to play the remake either because I wanted to play it in its original state. And mm-hmm. I think Switch is probably how I'm going to do that. I've I've got it on the the SNES Mini, but the the Switch is where I play most of my games at the moment. So <laughs> it's only natural I want to play it there. Um, also, I want to play the Game Boy one because that looks really cool. That game, like seriously, uh, of those three, I, I played Second Densetsu three through the translated ROM. Uh, of these three games, that one is actually my favorite. And it's a Game Boy game. <laughs> it is it is a surprisingly excellent game considering when it was made and the hardware it was on. Um, talking of uh, amazing games and the hardware that they appear on, <laughs> <laughs> The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition mm-hmm. comes this year. Uh, no exact release date. This has no part download <laughs> option, which was a surprise. So apparently it's the first Western game to use the new 32 gigabyte cards the pricing has come down apparently the witcher twitter account was getting questions like how (laughs) and they basically (laughs) said the pc version is roughly 35 gigs and scaling it down it should fit easily on a single switch card Mm -hmm. this this is amazing like uh, i i I, i've always had this like morbid curiosity with like you know handheld versions of, of big games and the the switch has blurred the lines a lot and this, I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. totally curious as to how this this will work. But that uh, 32 gigabyte card is definitely a factor. I think. Uh, I think that means it will. It's still going to be paired back a fair bit to fit, but I it, this will limit the amount of pairing back they'll have to do. The trailer that I had was only short, but it did have a captured from Switch tagline. It looked a lot better than I'd imagined. Uh, seems to run well from the the flashes of different sceneries we saw. You can at least see Geralt's scars, yeah. which was a lot better than the Wolfenstein port, yeah. <laughs> which uh, blurred out characters' faces so much you couldn't mm. even see like the details on their faces, <laughs> which were where a lot of their character was coming from. <laughs> so that's a, a plus, at least. Uh, technical details. So um, it runs in 540p handheld, 720p docked, uh, which is probably what I would have guessed. Um, I think this will be running at like low-end PC specs of course mm-hmm. um, and i think i think that's what it ran i think uh, digital foundry ran a piece a week before saying if if they were planning on it how could it work and they used the same pc they did to try and mimic the doom port and um, that was pretty interesting i recommend reading that uh port is being done by saber interactive uh previously responsible for nba playgrounds one and two and shack fu jesus yeah i was like oh that's our pedigree here <laughs> i'm i'm getting this game i'm absolutely getting it but I am not convinced it's going mm-hmm. to be a good play experience. Like, uh, I absolutely predict that there's going to be map buffering. Like, way back in the day, before all you kids out there uh, were even alive, there was a game called Grand Theft Auto 3, which had a big open world that you could freely explore. And that was a new idea back then. But when you drove across the bridge between the two main parts of the game, the game would freeze for a second and then a loading screen would come up and you would have to sit through that loading screen to get to the other half of the no. map. Uh, I predict, certainly at least in like the main sandbox area, which is just an absolutely colossal area that has two big cities in it and this huge battlefield and this wilderness to explore, I think just to even get Novigrad to run on the Switch, we're going to see something like that, a map buffer. Now, I, do, I didn't say it at the time, 
because um, I thought it would sound ridiculous, but when I played uh, Dragon's Dogma and I realised the scale, my first thought was, holy crap, the, the Witcher 3 could run. <laughs> um, I know I know it's uh, it's one play area is like the size of one of Witcher 3's play areas. So yeah, not, Witcher 3 has three. <laughs> yeah, so it's not, it's not a direct comparison, but that was my first thought, but I didn't want to say it out loud because I knew people would mock me, like, like Ginny did last week. God, never gonna let me live that down like ever. The main city in Dragon's Dogma is just absolutely dwarfed by Novigrad and Witcher Three, so that's the area I'm really expecting there to be compromises on. Like it may not have as many incidental NPCs just just walking around, just doing nothing, just being scenery. That's my but, guess. Uh, uh, yeah, Novigrad is it's gonna be the interesting part of this port, I think. Um, oh, I'm yeah. I'm so excited to play it. Just even yeah. just if it's bad and from a curiosity point of view, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at Saber's uh, development history, so they did Time Shift, which I liked a lot. I don't know what that is. It's uh, <laughs> it, it was sort of like a a time manipulation FPS on the 360, uh, which was uh, really good. Um, I the the development history gets a bit spotty, but they did um, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary Edition. They did the oh, okay. they did the Halo Master yeah. Chief collection on Xbox One, which has wasn't that the one where you could just switch instantly between the original graphics and the the new updated yeah, graphics? Yeah, that's, that's the one. Um, yeah, okay, and that makes me feel a little better. They did Master Chief Collection, Halo Online. I don't even know what the hell that is. They did the new World War Z game. Uh, so so they've they've, oh. they've got a bit of a mixed background mixed results <laughs> well it's really more their ability to get software to run on the switch hardware and their software they have out already on switch is they're they're decent games but technically they're not that impressive like especially the nba playground games playing them handheld which is how i mostly want to play witcher 3 i've already played it on ps4 so if i play it on switch mm. i'm going to do it handheld yeah uh but there's a lot of motion blur in NBA playgrounds when you're playing in handheld. It, it does not look nearly as good as it does when it's docked. So they, they put out very little footage. There's a lot of... There's not actually not a lot, but there, there's a, a video of a graphics comparison comparing it to PS4, and I'm already sick of seeing this video because it's just the, this, the first few minutes of the game just compared side by side. It tells you absolutely nothing useful except that the Switch version looks worse, which we could have guessed already uh but how the game actually runs handheld how much map buffering there is uh how much like compromises visually like motion blur and low resolution textures and how much battery power it uses up and frame rate drops those are the questions we really need answered not how much worse does it look than the ps4 version which is completely useless information yeah it's the constant uh, comparison oh, that comes up yeah. as well it's just like oh, oh how, how does it yeah. run compared to that who cares <laughs> worse okay it's a less powerful hardware but that's not the point so the real questions about witcher 3 remain unanswered and they will probably until the game comes out um i think it's such a big game that i don't think they would want to risk it unless they were confident it would run okay so but I- i'm cautious cautiously optimistic at this stage moving on uh fire emblem the three houses Fire Emblem, everyone's hot. <laughs> the the tra- the trailer did, admittedly, agreeing with Andrew, tell us nothing we didn't already know. Um, uh, it did tell us it did tell us about a time I mean, skip. So so the the yeah, previous trailers it was, was all important. set in the the war school where they teach the the three 
countries on how to war, which doesn't seem very smart. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we all said after the last trailer, there's obviously going to be some big event that you know upsets the balance, and and we've seen it there. Everyone looks a bit more worn. Everything's a bit more jaded. Someone lost an eye somehow. Like I don't know how that happened. But, because know. when you put an eye patch on somebody, that means post-apocalypse. <laughs> Fallout 76. It used to mean I'm Fire a pirate. Them. Now it means I'm you from 15 <laughs> years in the future. The, the Polar might just have conjunctivitis. Thanks, Dr. Corrigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the trailer itself didn't really tell us anything new other than that, of course. But it's done nothing to, to dampen my spirits. Andrew, you said earlier, or sorry, you hinted at it earlier, that you've cancelled your pre-order after watching the tri- Treehouse segment. Yeah, the Treehouse segment was just this long bit in the school, and I was just, could feel my skin just leaking off my face just watching it, because <laughs> it's Jeez. it's all this talking and all this relationship building, which I'm fine with. I'm cool with that stuff in games like this, but from what they were explaining, every single thing you do in these school segments affects how your characters perform statistically. Uh, so if there's some relationship I'm more interested in following, but not necessarily with the character I'm actually interested in using in battle, that's going to impact me. Uh, so, But if there's a character I do want to develop as a character, I'm required to spend time with them in town, even if I uh, find them completely annoying or I'm just not at all interested in them. And just literally, there was 20 minutes of this, of them just wandering around this monastery, talking to people, having lunch with people, planning lessons... And it just looked very overwhelming, very detailed on a level that I just, I know if I got this game, I would not finish it. I would get overwhelmed and I would get bored at the same time and I would just, I would just give up. So yeah, uh, I'm going to spare everybody my misery uh, in that episode come July and I'm just, I'm just not getting this game. I'm sorry. I, I wanted to like Fire Emblem. I was hoping that this game would be the game that got me into Fire Emblem because I always felt bad that I never played the 3DS games, but yeah, just just looking at this game, it just it just looks miserable. So I'm not getting it. Wow. Well, uh, total 180 for me. Like the more I see of this game, the more I want it. Even though I know that it's not like tactical battle footage, I still got super excited seeing it. Because now I feel less bad about how hot I think Edelgard is. Because before I was like, she's a minor in school. And now I'm like, no, it's fine. She's going to be 40. It's going to be totally okay for me to have a giant crush on Edelgard. So it's all good. Yeah. Even the battles I thought um, looked kind of boring, which is another reason I'm not getting it. Well, the battles are also not really like classic Fire Emblem either. So like when you said that you you hadn't played the rest and thought this might be the time to jump in for the Fire Emblem experience... Um, this is like the entry in the franchise where they modernize everything and it's not at all I would say reflective of of what the experience on the DS in the DS games would have been like. So this so, is going to be new for everybody and it's going to be divisive. Cool. Yeah. Great. It's it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting one. Like it definitely does not have the hallmarks of combat that I'm used to as a long-term Fire Emblem fan. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I kind of trust the franchise direction, but also I have a high, 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 high tolerance for all the like romantic relationship busy work that you hate, Andrew. So that could very well color how I feel about it. But from what I've seen, I just want it more. So, so here's my thing. Like, I know I want it. I know I like Fire Emblem. I know I'm going to play <laughs> it. So I'm, I'm kind of 
trying not to go that deep into pre-release stuff because I, I want to be surprised. I want to figure things out for myself. I want to, you know, not understand heaps of it until I'm playing it. Playing it. Um, so I'm I'm sort of I'm ignoring it till it's out and then I'll play it. Um, something they did announce was cool. that uh, there's a divine pulse that lets you undo a number of moves, uh, a limited number of times. That's mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, and you know what? I promise this time I'm going to try and play with uh, permadeath on, and try not to just quit and restart mm-hmm. the, f- <laughs> the battle every time I die. I I want to be devastated by losing characters I like. That is the only way to play. You need to break your <sighs> I, heart every I... time. If you're not crying in the rain to like the Naruto PV ending of season one where you play this game, then are you really playing Fire yeah. Emblem? I, I, I just, so. I, you know, like I love the idea of permadeath. I just hate the reality of it, but I'm determined this time, this will be yeah. the one where I see that through. Uh, of course, that's coming July 26th, 2019. Uh, so we're just going to run through the next few because we haven't got any specific thoughts on them. Uh, Resident Evil 5 and 6 are coming to Switch, probably overpriced Woo. and, and mediocrity and underreported. I love Resident Evil Five. I enjoyed Six more than everyone else. Uh, I did too, actually. So I liked Six, but still, these are the two worst games in the series. So you're not missing anything true. here. It's true, but they're coming. Uh, no more Heroes Three uh, after the disappointment of that weird little mini game collection thing last time. Uh, Contra Rogue Corps is or Core as it's pronounced is coming <laughs> September twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Looks awful. Yeah, that looked that by far looked like the worst game in this. I was like, this is a Contra game? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and I couldn't understand why they were showcasing that on Nintendo's premiere trailer, but okay, whatever. And Maybe this is all Konami had, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Contra Anniversary Collection showed off, com- comes with a bunch of uh, different versions of Contra, uh, including the European release, where, which is what I know it as, which is Probotector. <laughs> and everybody's a robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they showed off some more of uh, Damon X Machina, which is coming se- September thirteenth. That that demo, that demo Ooh, just yeah. destroyed my enthusiasm for it. And Still a nope from me after that demo. What? The, the I, demo was what? awful. Were you on that episode? Oh. She was not on that episode. Uh, it was just you and me. I wasn't, and also I have a huge love for Mix, like a slightly not safer one <laughs> love for Mix, but I have a huge love did, for Mix. Did what? you play that demo this they put out? Preposterous. No, I didn't because, like, Andy wanted to save himself for Fire Emblem. I wanted to save myself for Damon X Machina. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, well, <laughs> you'll you'll hear at least one person talking about this come September. Then, <laughs> to to be to be fair, oh. um, from from the internet, me and Andrew were dissenting opinions because I saw lots of people oh. I know and respect really enjoy it to the point where I had to say, mm-hmm. "Did you play the same demo as me?" But it yeah, it did nothing <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> I saw mostly comments that agreed with me that it just was kind of boring and bland. Yeah, I thought that, but I, I did see quite a bunch of people like saying how great it was, and I just no, it was it was bad. It was just bad. <laughs> Ginny, play the demo if it's still up. Um, surprise announcement: Panzer Dragoon remake. Never played the original. Sort of a rail shooter yeah. with a dragon. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love dragons. Well, this was the. I, I might be completely wrong about this, but I think the development history on this was concurrent with the uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron games, and this was kind of the competing series, uh, and it, it has a following. Panzer Dragoon uh, is a huge game. Like, If you try to get a, a copy of it on Sega Saturn, you're going to be paying a couple hundred bucks. So yeah, I, I never got a chance to play this one, and I'm absolutely going to be getting this and 
talking about it in winter 2019 when it releases apparently since they they haven't even given it a real name yet they're just calling it panzer dragoon remake but we'll see what happens uh then i don't know why they didn't just cover this in the pokemon sword and shield direct but i guess they had to have pokemon in here somewhere uh they announced that the pokeball plus will have limited uh compatibility with the new game uh you can take your pokemon for a walk and it'll give uh players a mew which is what it did in let's go that's cool i have one so i will make sure to utilize that a uh, bit of a controversy about um, you can't transfer in any Pokemon from the bank or whatever the system's going to be when they get there. Uh, and the Pokedex is restricted to Pokemon that appearing in the Galar region. Uh, Andrew, you have a, a controversial opinion, but I don't think it's controversial. I agree with you. <laughs> I just thought this is absolutely fine because there are too many Pokemon now. There's like there's 809 total now, I think, uh, which is ridiculous, especially for a competitive game like Pokemon at high level play is. Uh, a smaller number of Pokemon balanced for competitive play, which is you know curated for the very specific region that it is. Like you know the uh, uh, the Alolan Pokemon showing up in Galar wouldn't necessarily make sense uh so you know you got a smaller number of pokemon that's that's designed for each region and that turns basically each release of the game and this is an annual series uh into basically a season a competitive season and these are the pokemon they've chosen these are the ones you get suck it up uh this will introduce more interesting ways to play and as it is and they alluded to this many times a complete national dex right now is way too much work and way too many resources that caters to an extremely small number of players like seriously probably less than one percent of people who actually will use pokemon home to transfer in all their mons going all the way back to the game boy advance games uh that's a lot of work and a lot of money for a very small number of people uh this this makes perfect sense uh it's should be no surprise to anybody that you're only going to get 300-ish mons rather than the entire field, and I'm all for it. I I, I want to see I want to see the game shaken up a little bit, as I've said many times about this game over the past. So, you know, knocking out some of the some of the competitive mons that we see in every generation, I think, is a very good thing. Uh, what I will say is, if I can't import the Dene or capture the Dene in the game, I will riot and the game will go in the trash. So, um, so there was a bit more on the wild areas in the treehouse. Uh, time spent there between towns multiple times. Uh, so it, I, I did hear people say that there was only going to be one wild area, but I, I didn't get that from any of the coverage. I, I thought there would be a couple of, of wild areas. As I said at the beginning of the direct... I wish they would give more details about the games they're releasing this year because I'm having to just pull things out from different sources and from different events and they often co contradict each other. Uh, so I still really don't know what to make of the wild areas. My prediction was it's going to be an endgame area like the battle frontier, uh, but that does not seem to be the case, but it could still be the case that mm. you can't really do much there until <laughs> you're at that point. So... Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I just, I just want a game that is just entirely the wild area. Uh, I know they can make it. I just wish they would. 
I feel like this is a testing ground as well to see if people are, are res- responsive to it because I, I feel like this is one series they don't just want to completely reinvent the wheel and end up with a heap of like upset yeah. fans. So I, I can appreciate the their angle here. I think I said that in last week's episode. I think they're doing it smartly. Um, it might be a stepping stone, yeah, to that more open range because even if Pokemon is getting a little stale for people like me, uh, I haven't heard nearly as many people complaining about that as people who are complaining that the Zelda formula needed to be shaken up. Yeah. Uh, and then Breath of the Wild hit like a truck. So, <laughs> uh, And th- this is definitely an Andrew note, but I, I agree with him. Um, just so we can, all three of us can collectively agree about how boring Dynamax looks um, and how it's just mega evolution uh, without the cool looking Pokemon. Which. Oh, sounds like Ginny's changed her mind in the past she, week. She's a descendant. <laughs> Okay, so last week I said that it wasn't anything ridiculous in you, which is still true, but I think it's growing on me just because I just have this, maybe it's a painkiller delirium that I'm in, but I just have had the strangest fever dreams this past week about giant Pikachus. <laughs> so I am slowly turning the boat around on this. It is not at all original as an idea. I have not changed my tune on that it is literally just supersizing mega pokemon there is nothing creative about that but that being said i do want to see a kaiju sized pikachu knock my rival the f out (laughs) so i am (laughs) changing my tune very very slightly it just felt like backwards design to me because they put in the raid bosses which are giant yeah, Pokemon, then they yeah. said, okay, we've got these four-on-one giant Pokemon fights. Now, what if we gave the player the ability mm-hmm. to control these giant Pokemon? And then, mm-hmm. okay, well, now we've given that ability. What if we built all the gym battles and all the probably the Elite Four fight to revolve around these fights, too? And it's like, you had a good idea for a good multiplayer mode, and now it's just messing up the entire game. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of my feeling about how that philosophy happened. All it actually achieves... Uh, over Mega Revolutions is that they don't have to create a new design for everyone they want to have big. They can just that blow too. up blow up that character model and it'll work. Yeah, so everything can mm. be a Dynamax mod because they don't have to make a special form for it, yeah. which goes back towards limited yeah. resources yeah. for the number of mods they can put into Galar. Um, so next one, Astral Chain. Uh, this is another one. This is another one where Andrew's been put off by the Direct and the Treehouse. (laughs) Uh, Coming out Uh, August 30th, which is a lot sooner than a lot of people were thinking. Two months, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I'm still into it. I'm down for Platinum Nonsense. Uh, I love, love Platinum Nonsense. Yeah, just want to be like really clear on this one. I love Platinum Nonsense. I love Bayonetta. I would have preferred this be Bayonetta 3 because I am not super... Uh, at all kosher into the idea of uh, space cops like enslaving criminals to fight for them that part not cool just wanted to put it out there that part super not cool but I mean I don't know what they're gonna do with that story exactly hopefully it kind of turns the ship around but what I am super into super impractical armor (laughs) so (laughs) I know what she's talking about this one (laughs) I still have my eye on this one. I hope that the privately funded cop nightmare fever dream becomes something good and redeemable. And you find that the system is bad and corrupt and you have to fight it because that's a really ideal for me. 
But uh, I mean, until until then, I'm just gonna keep staring at at the super practical armor, and I'm gonna be mostly happy with my life choices when I purchase this game. Um, I I I I'm still holding on to the fact that from the first trailer we saw, it hinted that the main characters were not entirely happy with their employment situations all the way through and that there was something else happening there so i i i remain steadfast that there's going to be some sort of commentary on that and i think platinum are definitely that that type of developer yeah well the first line in the trailer was as you know which i was like oh geez (laughs) learn to write come on uh so just little things like that would just nag at me and just keep me from enjoying the story on any level that I'm capable of enjoying it on. Uh, but as Ginny alluded to, it looks like, especially after watching the Treehouse Live segment on it, the plot of this game is you play as these privately funded, like, super cops who supersede the authority of actual local community cops, and they use magic science handcuffs to enslave one of the bad guys and then force them to literally, literally clean the streets of a dangerous substance and also make war on their fellows and it's just like every single one of my worst fears about what this game could be just based on that first trailer (laughs) when i saw a bunch of improbably young anime kids running around in armor with police written on it in block letters i was like oh jeez this is even worse than i was imagining and even as andy says even if they do come around and kind of challenge these ideas and these themes and these plot points the gameplay is still built around the fact that you are shackled to this creature that you've enslaved and are forcing it to do what you want and even if you're coming around and going oh well maybe this isn't good maybe we should be working with these creatures to stop this from happening you're still shackled to a slave (laughs) so uh, I I haven't cancelled my pre-order on this game yet but I am not enthused and I may decide between now and then that I I just can't get past that part of the game and uh, will, as with Fire Emblem, save everybody my anger (laughs) when I do play the game and end up hating it. (laughs) Okay, next up was uh, Empire of Sin, which was some sort of uh, mafia-looking top-down game. I didn't didn't get entirely what the, the gameplay loop was there, but it seemed like there was some sort of strategy elements to it yeah, it's an XCOM style turn-based strategy game okay. with some like business management simulation stuff thrown in okay. set in prohibition era united states definitely can be one i pick up i'm really into this game press X yeah, sound- <laughs> yeah sounds cool comes uh, spring 2020 uh now uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 the black order coming july 19th don't you care. don't care i do <laughs> uh as <laughs> As I was saying privately to Andrew a couple of weeks back, like the MCU movies, I hadn't seen any since Thor, mm-hmm. apart from Spider-Man, because I'm a big Spider-Man fan- wow. fanboy. And I've slowly been oh, playing wow. catch-up. I'm uh, as yeah. we speak, I'm halfway through um, Ragnarok, um, and uh, and this is just going to oh, time yeah. out perfectly for me finishing the the whole MCU series, and I'm just going to ride my hype train straight into this game. Uh, I am really looking forward to it, and I'm a massive fan of the previous two games, so yeah, I'm quite excited for this, and um, I will be annoyed if it restricts me from using some form of Spider-Man character in any of the levels. (laughs) There are three Spider-Man characters, so settle yourself, Uh, but 
I'm a huge MCU fan. I've seen every movie uh, on opening day since uh, Thor The Dark World, and I'm just into this idea. Uh, it looks like it draws everything from the MCU that I want it to draw from the MCU, uh, as opposed to another Avengers game, which was announced over the week, which I'm not going to say any more about. Uh, and <laughs> there is an expansion pass coming, which has Marvel Knights, X-Men, and Fantastic Four, which uh, I am don't really care about and draw your own conclusions from the fact that none of those three franchises are part of the MCU. Uh, so, but I played X-Men Legends 2 back in the day, which was like Marvel Ultimate Alliance before they had the complete Marvel series. And I, I liked that game well enough. Uh, so I'm definitely picking this up and I'll probably enjoy it just for the movie stuff that's in it that I'm going to be looking out for. Uh, so uh, yeah, Jimmy can look forward to us raving about this one in July. Uh, and then the big one, they finally showed yeah. off some of uh, the new Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Woo! which is a desert island getaway thing. Uh, they've added in some crafting yeah. systems, some survival elements, it looks like, so you can uh, now make a tree stump for a chair. <laughs> now, I, I again, I sort of glossed over this because I, I already know I want to play it. Uh, the biggest disappointment came that well people keep saying it's delayed but i don't think that something that never had a release date can be delayed. No. so Mm-mm. sort that yeah. out guys seriously and even if it was delayed delay it till it's good it's fine i, I can wait <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah same uh so um it was confirmed that it has no crossover with the mobile game which i'm sure everyone sighed a huge sigh of relief about because that <laughs> is just a pay to win nightmare i'm not really sure what to say because i sort of i tried to gloss over it so i could just be pleasantly surprised even though you know it's animal crossing and i kind of know what's coming what were you guys excited for here anything took your you fancy anything you were disappointed in um i'm pretty happy with the stuff that has come out just so shortly after this so you could see a whole bunch of different skin colors yeah. um, mm-hmm, and facial mm-hmm. features in the direct and it's been confirmed that they're not going to lock any facial features to any particular gender so like you don't have to there are no like boy faces or girl faces or girl hairstyles or boy hairstyles like they used to which i think is really really cool and awesome also same with their different skin colors and um also i've seen um from the direct footage and from tweets about it later that if your villagers move onto some plot that you've been cultivating for some time and they kill all your plants you can get them to move (laughs) you can move them and you can put them where you want you don't need to put up with the tyranny anymore of tom nook's inferior city (laughs) slash island planning if you have villagers in there and they're about to move in onto your beautiful grove of golden fruits you can get them to move. These are just some of the amazing quality of life improvements <laughs> that Animal Crossing has in store for me. So I'm pretty pleased. You stoked. can also set your location in the southern hemisphere. That way, yeah, if yes. you live in Australia, uh, when it's June, it will be snowing. Uh, yeah, Yay. <laughs> which is even if it doesn't necessarily s- even if it doesn't necessarily snow where you live, it will be winter. Uh, I was going to say we we we, did, we definitely don't have snow where I live. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. It's a little better than it was before. <laughs> yeah, um, good po- good pick up on the uh, character creation stuff because as a straight white male, mm-hmm. I, I, that's often lost on me. 
So, uh, yeah, glad you mentioned yeah, that. Like, the worst I ever had to put up with was just doing the opening sequence again with the guy who asks you questions until I get the eyes that I wanted. Yeah. That was the worst thing that I ever experienced in Animal Crossing character creation. Yeah. <laughs> my thing in but, all character creation is just like, where's the beard that looks like mine? <laughs> my thing in character creation is how can I get past this as fast as possible? Because <laughs> I know I'm just going to put a helmet on this character and never see this face again. Uh, but my whole thing that with uh, what I've been doing in Minecraft and in Dragon Quest Builders recently is I've basically been terraforming the space to meet my needs. And it looks like you can actually really do that to a significant degree in this version of Animal Crossing. Uh, you can dig pads with your shovel so pads appear where you want them to be. You can build structures where you want to on the island. And you can even put furniture outside now. And it looks like mm -hmm. there's a lot of customization they're bringing towards the actual space. It's basically expanding what players used to do with their house and is really making it so you can do it with the entire island where like the last game was New Leaf where you played as the mayor and you could you could propose that the city build things and you could even pick where they were located, but you couldn't really design anything. It's looking like you can absolutely design every aspect of your island uh, i hope you can even divert rivers if you want to because that would be pretty cool if you could take all the time that you put into your house and just multiply that by a hundred with the entire space of this allegedly deserted island <laughs> that has an airport on it uh, <laughs> and, and people uh, who just rock up on your property yeah and tom nook has a business operating on it. That's not what abandoned deserted means. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm absolutely on board for this. Uh, I was worried what a new Animal Crossing game was really going to look like, if it was just going to be the GameCube game with a facelift, which is basically what it was for over a decade. Uh, but this looks like something completely new. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm probably going to play the living daylights out of it. Um, and of course, I mentioned the quote-unquote delay uh comes out march 20th next year um just one thing on this this is definitely one i'm going to get uh digitally possibly as well as physically mm -hmm. because it's the yeah. sort of game where i'll jump in for an hour a night uh do some you know housekeeping and then move on to something more meaty so <laughs> yeah that, that that that's definitely a digital purchase or at least a digital play um, so we're just, uh, I'm just conscious of time, um, so the sizzle reel, I'm going to treat it like the sizzle reel in the show, I'm just going to skip through a uh, couple of comments here and there. Uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy coming September 3rd. Yes. You're excited for that one? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hollow Knight Silk uh -huh. Song, I know Hell you're yeah. excited for that one. Yes. Uh, this one's for me, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, September 20th. Yes! I That's September 20th week again. I love <laughs> Nino Kuni, yeah. um, not least because it was my first paid uh, article for IGN. Um, oh, nice. Um, but also its themes uh, centers on, for me, centered on depression. I've written, that's what I wrote about for IGN. Um, and sort of mirrored my experiences with coping with, with uh, depression. So I, I am way keen to revisit that. Um I know it's going to be, this is like the, the original version on Switch, the PS4 and that are getting visually enhanced versions. Who cares? I want to play on Switch. They're getting 4K updates. Most people don't even interact with that level of visual upscaling. It's so, true. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons, which looks like Minecraft Diablo. I am down. Yeah, it might be okay. Uh, Elder Scrolls Blades coming fall 2019. 
my biggest takeaway from this was in the in last year's E3, they promised uh, Legends, uh, the card game, coming to Switch <laughs> that year. Never did. Um, yeah. The digital card game thing is just kind of going away. So I heard some stuff about that, this where they actually paid a third party to develop it, and then that third party were also making their own, and there was some sort of conflict of interest, which is oh, to be delayed wow. on consoles. <laughs> So yeah, um, so uh, apparently it might still be coming, but yeah. Uh, my friend Pedro coming June twentieth. I really want to play that, but I feel like it's coming too soon, and I've got too much on my plate. <laughs> yeah, uh, Doom Eternal. Obviously, I'm down for that. I'll be buying that twice on two formats. Uh, the Sinking City. Yes. Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Again. Yes. <laughs> PS4. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dead by Daylight. Uh, that weird multiplayer survive map. Uh this was this was a good one. I, Alien Isolation, which uh by all accounts is overly long but apparently very good. <laughs> uh interested to see how that runs on Switch. I haven't seen any comparison videos on that yet. Uh, <sighs> uh Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition coming winter 2019. That is uh, I've never played it. I've got a copy on DS and on Wii <laughs> and I gather that they're Final Fantasy Diablo clones kind of not really no but okay that yeah <laughs> if i'm being if you, if you have to sell it to yourself that way that's that's a road you could take cool <laughs> uh dragon quest builders 2 yes i gave i gave i gave <laughs> you the pot cheer yes. uh, i mean yeah i'll play it stranger things season three the game which is technically an indie game it was in their indie <laughs> reel i don't get that but uh it looks like it could be interesting uh just dance 2020 no nope. <laughs> also coming to we yes. <laughs> yeah Obligatory i know plug. that was surreal when i saw that when i saw that tag i was like hang on did we just time travel skipping wii u <laughs> coming to we <laughs> <laughs> that's the story right amazing there. um yeah. katan Video version of a board game, yeah, okay. Uh, Microsoft exclusive Super Lucky's Tale, coming. Yeah. That yeah. looks exciting. Uh, my wife played a little bit on Game Pass earlier this year. It looks fun, cute. This one was interesting. Dauntless. Lots of people have been playing this on other platforms. It's a free to play multiplayer RPG thing. It's a Monster Hunter. Yeah, ah, it's okay. like you remember how confused I was that when we played Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate and like every mission wasn't just killing a giant monster. Yep. Dauntless is that. Yeah. It's every mission is killing a giant monster. Oh, nice. And it's free. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also showed off Super Mario Maker 2 coming uh, June 28th. Holy um, non-swear word. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not one. <laughs> Holy yep, that, moly. That, that'll do. Yeah. Holy uh, moly. Honestly, the first Smash DLC character I'm actually excited for. Uh, uh, yes, uh, part of their trolling, they had a lengthy trailer with Donkey Kong characters. <laughs> uh, they showed and the, then Duck Hunt. They showed us <laughs> a silhouette. Duck Hunter, a, yeah. Wanted Smash Brothers character, which turned out to be Duck Hunt with a duck on its head. But Even uh, though they already showed the jiggy bouncing by, so yeah. it wasn't that big a fake out. <laughs> uh, but indeed, Banjo-Kazooie is coming home to Nintendo consoles on Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. But no announcement for ports of Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, unfortunately. Uh, I, think they will come. I think they'll come. Um, and I heard it on another podcast. replay. Make yes, it happen. I was just about to say, I heard that on another podcast, and I was like, that could that could legit happen. And they might be able to then include original GoldenEye 
as uh, a Switch exclusive because the reason that hasn't appeared in its original format on Microsoft consoles is because Nintendo keeps saying no. Uh, and now they've got this new relationship, maybe that'll change. Goldeneye doesn't need to exist when you have access to Perfect Dark. <laughs> That's uh, my feeling I on never that. got on with Perfect Dark, but it's it's fine. Um, okay, and then the final announcement there, one more thing, um, which I gather a lot of people thought coming off the back of the Banjo in Smash thing was going to be Banjo ports, but it was actually an announcement that Breath of the Wild is getting a sequel uh, in 2020. Yeah. Um, no. They didn't say. Did they didn't they give not? a release date. So, uh, no. Someone said 2020. I wouldn't. I don't expect to see this till 2022. I really don't. 2022. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, 2020 is pushing it, but like 22. Let's meet in the middle Andrew. and just say it's coming 2021. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. I'm happy. So the, it was a little cinematic trailer. Uh, Zelda's got a new care cut, which is freaking everyone out. Uh, there's some playable. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon you'll switch between the two over the course of the story. Um. Yeah, that, I don't, that's one thing I've heard. I don't think they'll go the co-op route, as people are wanting. I want to play just Zelda I do only. too. We'll just have Link trapped in the tomb. That's cool. Zelda can just take things over for now. Link gets, like, some kind of shadow magic shoved into him, so I think he's either incapacitated or he's possessed. He uh, could be the, the bad guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. All, he's, all, yeah, yeah. he's all, like, passed out but, again. He's all, like, Kyra yeah. frozen. But these are the people who, when people said... Can there be a female link? The answer was, what would a female link even do? Uh, which I think was like fifty percent lost in translation, fifty percent just cultural differences. But uh, I would love a playable Zelda. She has the Sheikah slate now. It, it was hers to begin with, so that would translate mm. directly over. They would just have to have Zelda playable with the same skills, which I would be completely fine with i've already said before give me breath of the wild with a new map i will buy it but also going back to link getting that shadow energy shoved in him it could also be a case where link no longer has the sheikah slate and he has new shadow powers now that he uses instead kind of like a dope a more ambitious idea of metroid prime 3 corruption i could see either of those things happening but i really my vote would be playable zelda zelda's the hero and link can take a break for a game well he could be the bad guy then if he gets the shadow stuff um that would be kind of boring but yeah they, they could still get that like shadow link we we haven't seen dark link in the breath of the wild timeline yet that this yeah. could be where dark link comes from uh so and uh yeah. Aonuma, uh talking to game informer uh hinted that uh, he wanted to revisit that hyrule again and use the world again while incorporating a new gameplay and story um now, I saw a few people worried about this. Um, I'm not concerned because it's Nintendo and I don't think it's their style just to to dump a character back into the same world with a new string of missions. I, I think they will change that world heaps yeah. if they're going to reuse it. Um, I, I don't think that's their style, so I'm not, I'm not worried. And even if it is, I expect them to have some sort of twist on it. I would prefer a whole new map, but the last shot in that trailer was of Hyrule Castle being lifted into the sky by whatever is going on underneath yeah, underground. So, so this could be a, a world <laughs> redesign situation like what happened with Cataclysm in World of Warcraft. So it, it could be the same areas, you know, familiar, but changed enough that it feels completely different. I would be fine with either scenario happening. But if it is just the same map, I'll be disappointed. And yeah, so I look forward to that. And it's also given me the... Uh... They want to go back to Breath of the Wild so I can finally finish off that DLC and maybe start the master master mode. I, 
I already did go back yeah. after that. <laughs> it, it's it's been yeah. on my mind for ages. It's just there's a constant stream of new things I have to play, and Ex- I really, exactly. I yeah. really want to go back and do the DLC because I paid for it. <laughs> I bought it for a reason. <laughs> if nothing else, because yes, I bought it. A good it. reason to play it. <laughs> um, okay, so just a couple of other announcements from other conferences. Uh, Ubisoft announced Gods and Monsters, which looks a little Breath of the Wild like. Uh, seemed to have yeah. a mm-hmm. uh, a girl fighting mythical creatures setting. Was it Greek mythology? Yeah, it's Greek yeah. mythology. Greek. Yeah, it looks Greek. It's got yeah. an interesting art style to it. Not quite looking like anything else that's out there, which is more than I could say for the rest of Ubisoft's conference. Um, uh, sorry, Andrew. They found the source code. Final Fantasy VIII is getting a remaster. <laughs> I'm not sure they did because those that graphic upgrade is pretty significant. No, I was uh, I was so reading I was reading some info. They they found some of it. And then they've had to yeah. build some from scratch, which is apparently not yeah. not unusual for a lot of their remasters. Uh, Final Fantasy X remastered was heavily rebuilt, just based on old sprites. Oh so, wow, yeah. okay, because it looks pretty similar, but like this, like the graphical comparison between the original Final Fantasy VIII, which one of the things I complained about in that game was the graphical style they went with was outdated before the PS One was even done. Yeah, and uh, but Final Fantasy VIII, the remaster actually looks really good <laughs> squall's face actually looks like a face so <laughs> they, they they also basically said that um like times were different back then they their job was just to get the game done and ship it and then they just threw it away and started oh. the next one and so uh, but, i don't think times are all that different but let's not get into that yeah right true now. very true <laughs> um Okay, so moving on, uh, Onunaki gets a release date, August 22nd. This year is going to kill yep. me for RPGs. Uh, <laughs> I'm, all for, yeah, I'm all for that one. Uh, if, 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 you know, if not worse, Last Remnant came out on Switch during the, the Square Square event. Um, just me. Always, okay. always one I've wanted to play, uh, just for the characters, the protagonists. I own it on 360 and I've never touched it. <laughs> so <laughs> buying It is super expensive on the Switch, just FYI, compared to how much it costs on the 360. It's, it's 20 bucks. It's not that bad for a new released RPG port. It's like $10 on the Xbox. A lot of the games I bought on the Switch are 5 and $10 on another platform. That does not surprise me at all. It does not irk me at all. Uh, also, we've got Disgaea 4 Complete coming. Uh, Space Invaders Invincible Collection. Uh, Torchlight 2, which many people are happy about, which is coming September 3rd. Uh, Graveyard Keeper, June 27th, which I think is the yes. Stardew alike, but set in a graveyard. It's Stardew Valley, uh, but it's got a much darker sense of humor and darker themes. Like one of the characters that follows you around is a, a skull that talks to you. And there's like farming and town stuff you do just like in stardew valley but you're also responsible for cultivating and upgrading a graveyard uh i'm all for it it, it looks great nice. uh, and the last one was sakuna of rice and ruin and you have no idea how hard it was for me not to say of mice and men uh, while reading. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that that's the the event and all the announcements we've taken a lot of your time already but we're gonna quickly talk about one thing uh which is Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda. Yes. Okay, so Andrew, you're the only one, I think, on the podcast that has played Crypt of the Necrodancer. Uh, probably, yeah. So uh, a lot of the yeah. things I've heard re- pre-releases, hey, Crypt of the Necrodancer is, is really good, but it's super difficult, and that I hope that Cadence of Hyrule is a bit more lenient. 
and from from what <laughs> yeah. I've played, I've got that impression. Yeah, it's much more lenient than the original Crypt of the Necrodancer, which was not only a hard dungeon crawler, because you can and would die in a few hits, and unlocking new abilities that you could carry over into your next playthrough, especially more health, was very difficult because it cost these diamonds, which were very hard to get. If you died, you would keep your diamonds, but if you didn't spend them, they would disappear when you went back into the dungeon. So you couldn't just save diamonds for that expensive upgrade you wanted. You had to get every diamond that you need for that upgrade in a single run through the dungeon, which is very hard because how much success you had in the game not only depended upon your ability to literally dance with these enemies that are hopping around the dungeon in time to the music, but also to stay in time of the music yourself, because moving in time with the music builds up your multiplier, which lets you earn more money, which lets you buy the better items, which lets you succeed in the bottom levels of the dungeon. So unless you were very lucky, uh, if you could not move in time with the music, you were not going to succeed at this game. Thankfully, that is not the case with Cadence of Hyrule. Now, when I first started playing it, uh, I did have trouble sticking to the rhythm. Uh, I believe that it adds on like multipliers. Um, I, in fact, I applied mm-hmm. uh, a power-up to my sword that allows me to get multipliers for the high in my combo, which I thought was yeah. cool. Uh, that's helping me out a lot. Uh, I, I went for the poison upgrade because I was having so much trouble at the start uh, keeping my rhythm multiplier up, but even then, I feel like this game punishes you far less for not being able to move in time with the music and if you want to you can even turn the rhythm aspect of the game off and just play this as just a funky turn-based zelda game basically <laughs> yeah in the in the first 20 minutes i actually when i spotted that in the the options i, I did think about it but i, I powered through uh, and mm-hmm. now i am uh, a rhythm master <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i adjusted <laughs> quite quickly i was very pleased with that yeah it's a uh, um the, the first thing I want to raise is I'm surprised at how much this is a Zelda game. Um, the, I, I thought it was just going to be a crypt of the Necrodancer thing with a Zelda uh, skin. It is absolutely absolutely not. I also stupidly thought Cadence was just a funny word they used for the title. Uh, turns out it's it's the uh, the character <laughs> the from character Crypt of the Necrodancer. Necrodancer. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was a, a realization. <laughs> That's not really your fault, because again, this goes back to what I've been talking about all this episode. There was not a lot of details about this game, and like that was my fear too, that this would be Crypt of the Necrodancer with Zelda music in it. Literally until the reviews came out that the day the, day the game was released... I still did not know the answer to that question, and that is a, a problem with Nintendo's marketing this year that I, I'm going to consistently complain about. Um, I was also surprised that it had, because again, I do my thing, I avoid things until they come out so I can play it fresh. Uh, I was amazed that it had this uh, proper overworld, uh, mm-hmm. which is consistent, completely consistent, maybe not always the enemies that spawn on the squares um and then the dungeons themselves are the bit where they they randomize a bit more and then they lean more into crypt of the necrodancers sort of uh randomly generated paths because every time i've died and gone back in it is um completely different but uh, same sort of rhythm so the the first dungeon is uh like a nice dungeon one of the floors i basically had to get a small key that let me into to fight a mini boss which would then give me something to to carry on so i'm enjoying that sort of rhythm i'm enjoying exploring the overworld quite a lot how did you get into the ice dungeon i found an item that yeah. allowed me in do you remember what item it was though ah oh, you know what my brain uh 
I, I found an ice rod, which lets me make a path across the lake so I could get into the dungeon. Uh, no, mine was uh, different. I'm yeah, pretty sure but mine then was after I did after I did the ice dungeon, I found a shop that would sell me a snorkel that would have also let me get in. That's what I so, used. It was the snorkel, yeah. yeah for sure there are there are actually options in this game for how you can explore it which is actually even more than i can say for many zelda games that have come out in the past 20 years yeah where andy and i found completely different routes into the first dungeon just based on the stuff we found in the overworld which again is randomized to a certain extent it's not totally random but where you find things at and the finer details of each square of the map are randomized. Um, you've totally blown my mind there. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so playable characters, there's three. Uh, you play as a Cadence during the tutorial. Um, then you get to play as Link or Zelda. You get to choose. Uh, I opted for Link because he's my little green elf son. <laughs> Your little green elf son. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so I've I've been playing with him. I've got most of the map uncovered. I've beaten one dungeon. Um, I think I've just stumbled across my next one, but I haven't beaten it yet. Ginny, who did you choose? I clearly chose Zelda Good. because she is my magical daughter. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely, like, it wasn't even a question when they were like, whose dream do you want to jump into? I was like, boom, Zelda. Like, it was not, not even a question. And um, I, I am enjoying... I'm enjoying the magic focused, well, I guess magic focused play style, and I don't know. I I am really enjoying it. Like I think like with and with Andy's concern, I was worried it would be Crypt of the Necrodancer with Zelda trappings. It kind of more feels like a Zelda game with rhythm game elements mm, yeah. in it. So I I am, I'm really enjoying what I've played through so far. Um, I guess next I'll go Link, but I don't know. I I I, I like being Zelda. I love Zelda. So I think Andrew's beaten Link's game and has started Zelda. Is that right? Not quite. Oh. Uh, I wanted to, but I had too much going on today and I couldn't play at all. Nah. I'm at the thir- end of the third dungeon, which is about halfway through the game, it seems like, uh, with Link. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to look at Zelda, but I just haven't had time. But I-, I am interested in the contrast between the two. I do have some understanding and Maybe Ginny can expand on this or correct me if I'm wrong. But like Link, he has a shield that he just holds up that he can reflect projectiles back at enemies. Yeah, yeah. he does. But yeah. Link can just, just hold the shield up, just stand there like an idiot with the shield up. But Zelda <laughs> Zelda yeah. uses Nairu's love, which until you upgrade it, uh, you actually have to time it so that way you reflect it. It's actually functionally identical to Smash Brothers. <laughs> and like she has Din's fire instead of bombs. Uh, and... She starts in like this little dungeon at the start of the game too. She has to escape from Hyrule yeah. Castle, and Link just wakes up in his house and just goes outside like, uh, <laughs> "Let's go on an adventure." Like, <laughs> uh, and uh, ex- yeah. exactly, so Zelda yeah. seems like a much more interesting mechanically, and I, I kind of regret not picking her first. But I'm totally sold on this game, and as soon as I'm done with my Link playthrough, mm-hmm. I'm just turning right around and playing through Zelda. Yeah, I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna play through it again. Yay. Um. So just on the difficulty thing as well, uh, so I, f- I feel like it has a hump. There is definitely a difficulty hump mm-hmm. in getting used to mm-hmm. the rhythm. And like in the first dungeon, I, mm-hmm. I died heaps. But once I broke that hump, I haven't looked back really. Yeah, and because uh, you can, like in Zelda games, you can upgrade uh, Link's health by collecting heart pieces. You get uh, new items and abilities. Uh, the items actually stay with you. Do you... Yeah. You know, obviously, if, if you you can spend your bombs, you have to buy new ones. But uh, 
there are a bunch of items that you can get that just stay with you some abilities i've just got a, i found an ability just before that lets me walk on fire hazards and things which is cool um and it, it just seems to get significantly easier uh what i yeah. will say is if you're struggling on any of the bosses or mini bosses bombs if you're playing as link are absolutely <laughs> yeah. your friend they are so useful <laughs> like the uh the rock monsters yeah just drop bombs oh yeah i yeah. Did, had the same problem or and even now as i'm i've reached a point where my health is so high and i have three bottles filled with fairies so i can just face tank everything in the game i'm still just dropping bombs on the rock monsters because it's faster yeah i didn't buy the bottle when i had the chance and i've forgotten where it is so i will you fool go back and find that but i'm doing all right um i sort of focused on trying to uncover the map and unlock the fast travel stuff uh which you get pretty early on um so you can sort of zip around to where you need and go back and you know get to areas you couldn't get before and yeah, it's it's definitely much more of a Zelda game than I had anticipated, and I, I kind of love it for that. It's it's definitely its its own thing, um, and of course we keep talking about the rhythm. Uh, we haven't really spoke about the music, but the remix Zelda music is fire, amazing. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Every, love it. One of my favorite things is uh, it's playing like a remixed version of the I think it's Telltale Heights, and then it just randomly spritz in this just this little three chord piece from the zelda 2 overworld music and it's just i recognize that and i was like that's so cool it's in here this is a complete exploration of the entire series of music um i i know that you wanted to highlight uh, a boss name and you know what i just i just i've just read it and i've just realized why you tweeted <laughs> tweeted a certain fraser screen cap yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> to elaborate uh you know how i feel about puns so the fact that even I laughed my butt off at this thing shows you something. So there's a boss in the early mm-hmm. Zelda series called Gliok, who is a multi-headed dragon. And uh, you fight him multiple times over the course of the game. Each time you run into him, he has more heads. Uh, and now every boss in this game, as our editor Craig predicted, is uh, a classic Zelda boss mixed with a musical instrument. Gliok got mixed with a glockenspiel <laughs> and becomes Gliokenspiel. And... Even I laughed at that. <laughs> I think you like puns more than you let on because, you know, you've done this podcast for 77 episodes and I'm on it. So <laughs> actions speak louder than words, buddy. <laughs> I live in a society where puns are considered clever. I've just gotten very good at putting my fingers in my ears and humming loudly. <laughs> I like puns, but I like clever ones, not this this stupidly obvious ones <laughs> that's what that was i always thought it was a weird feedback on my microphone maybe <laughs> just oh, just a little note uh encrypt in the knicker answer one of the items you could find was the war drum that would make any run you get so much easier uh so if you played crypt in the knicker dancer you, you might know what i'm talking about there uh just as a contrast to the difficulty between the two games getting that drum and necro dancer is entirely based on rng a random number generator. So whether or not you have an easy run is based on luck. In Cadence of Hyrule, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring The Legend of Zelda, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was, as a joke, going to constantly refer to it as that during this segment, but I haven't had the chance. <laughs> We're already running over time, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can get that wardrobe as a permanent item. Uh, and once you do, like, even the game already is easier than Crypt of the Necrodancer. I started just dominating enemies once I gained the ability to just bounce in place without losing my rhythm. Really, if you played Crypt of the Necrodancer and you were just repelled by how hard it was, 
do not be afraid of that in this game. It is the same basic game design, but it has the accessibility of any other mainline Nintendo game, especially the classic Zelda games where quite often all you had to do to succeed in the game was just find to get a bunch of heart containers and get a bunch of bottles filled with fairies and then you can face tank the entire game. It's the exact same thing here. (laughs) This is a Zelda game. It's amazing that it took an indie studio to make this because I would believe Nintendo made this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's great. Um, also, uh, I definitely recommend getting the uh, the sword that lets you hit three spaces in front of you. That was a big game changer for my my learning. Yep. Yeah, that was very very good. That's Please another thing that makes the original <laughs> game easier, uh, but you have to rely on luck just to find one. And here you can just carry one around with you everywhere, oh. and you keep it when you die. So <laughs> it, it is worth mm-hmm. mentioning that Crypt of the Necrodancer is actually on sale at the moment. Um, six bucks. Australian for like four bucks so uh, pick that up if you're interested Um, maybe if you find this one too easy and you want more of a challenge you can pick that up Uh, I'm probably not going to bother I'm pretty happy with it (laughs) Uh, NBA 2K19 is also on sale for three dollars so there's a deal there for you we'll scope that out Uh, okay so I think we'll call it there we'll come back to it in the future when we've all had a chance to actually finish the run um, and, and in our game of the year episode yeah of course <laughs> uh, and not, not that it's been a great year so far but this is the best game I've played so far this year it is very good it's, it's definitely up there so yeah uh, so we'll come back to it and uh, talk about it soon okay folks what are we playing in this coming week Andrew uh, Darkwood and Slay the Spire Nice. For me, I'm going to play Swords of Ditto, Momo's Curse, uh, and some more Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon. Uh, you remember how I said I felt uh, I'd play it in uh, small chunks in between other stuff? Liar! Yes, I've just been playing this constantly, and <laughs> I kind of love it. And I'm, I've just hit the f- final chapter, and I'm going to try and see that through hmm. this week. It is, uh, it's very good. But, uh, What's your playtime at? Oh, I don't know, but I'm like level mm. 46. Or <laughs> okay. So uh, right. I've played quite a lot. I've died a lot. But uh, I'm still going. <laughs> I kind of love it. And Ginny, what are you playing? I'm going to be playing more of this, um, Chaos of Hyrule, and I am also going to be playing Last Remnant. Yay. Um, So I'll let you guys know how that one goes. Ooh, you can tell me if it's worth buying. Thank you for listening to this uh, extra long episode of the Switch Focus podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps to get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. Uh, I believe we're also on Spotify now. Thanks, Ginny. Uh, Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively Switch Focus community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can buy us a coffee. Details are on our website. Thanks in advance. Uh, if you'd like to follow the three of us on Twitter, you can do. I'm at Flame Roast Toast. Andrew is at Play Critically. Uh, also streaming at twitch.tv forward slash Play Critically. And Ginny is at Ginny Woes.
E3. Our E3 predictions, our sure things. Andy has said that his sure thing is going to be Cadence of Hyrule launching during the Direct. My sure thing is going to be Persona for the Switch. Um, and Andrew's sure thing is Hollow Knight Silk Song. Our last gen port predictions are going to come out at E3. So for Andy, it was Dark Souls 2. <laughs> I predicted The Witcher, which is my Ginny choice. <laughs> and Andrew predicted Spyro Arena Trilogy. I know there was some stuff this week particularly about whether or not the Witcher 3 would run. I doubt Witcher 3 was going to be one of this. I anticipate the original Witcher probably would be the best bet. Um, either predictions which we think are not going to happen even though we want them to happen. So for Andy's it's Neo Automata. Andy, we can't even run Witcher 3, my guy. I said Shadow of the Colossus. And Andrew, you said Witcher 3. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, jeez. Boo. Three for three! I feel so funky. Well done, Andrew. Yeah, we, we don't have the budget for a, a, a trophy, but um, just, we can hold up an imaginary one. Thanks, Dr. Corrigan. <laughs> I'm happy with my smug self-satisfaction. <laughs>